Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's time to talk some ball with one of the greatest players in Utah football history. Bill Riley welcomes the beard, Eric Weddle, to the show weekly. The Eric Weddle interview is presented by Bingham's Custom Meats in Morton. Now here's Weddle with Riles, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Championship week edition of our Eric Weddle conversation here on the Bill Riley Show as we hit the one o'clock hour here on Thursday. We're so we say here we are roughly 29 hours away from kickoff in Las Vegas for the Utes and the USC Trojans. Utah trying to go back to back as Pac-12 champions. USC trying to not just be a Pac-12 champion, but perhaps a playoff team first in the Pac-12 since 2016. A lot on the line tomorrow night at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The question on the minds of Utah fans everywhere, though, is will Eric Weddle be making an appearance in Las Vegas tomorrow night? Enlighten us, Eric Weddle. Will you be in Las Vegas? Ah, you know, I got so much. Of course I'm going to be there. I'm getting in tonight. 1030, I land. If you guys see me around tonight, I'm planning to just pulling an all-nighter. I'm so jacked, so geeked up for the guys, for the staff, for the city, for the university. Great moment. We just got to go get it done, babe. Just got to go get it done. I had an idea. He would be there. He'll have as much energy as all the lights on the strip combined probably tonight as he pulls his all. Don't pull an all-nighter, though. At least get a nap in somewhere because I don't want you to be like no energy tomorrow when, you know, when, when the game comes around. I want you to have – Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to be dragging a little bit. Riles, it's impossible. <laughs> this, is, this is the moment, man. This is, this is we're the reigning champs, and like I've been saying all year – we're the champs until otherwise. And, you know, fortunately, Riles, we weren't on last week because I was not going to have some very nice things uh, to say about that performance against the Ducks. But, uh, you know, we wouldn't have been in this position uh, to get uh, if we would have handled our business like we should have. And I know everyone came away from that game uh, not happy. But things uh, bounced our way. And we handled business against Colorado, which we should have. I mean, Riles, have you seen a worse Division One team <laughs> than the Buffaloes? Holy smokes. I've never seen. I mean, that's that's as bad as it gets. And we had a lot to do with it, obviously. But, wow. I mean, if you want me to, I can go back through the text messages you sent me during the Oregon game. We could read those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's – uh, <laughs> you know, I just hope, and and I know, I know for sure, they're going to look back at that game and learn from it and realize that shouldn't, that shouldn't have been a, a, you know, coaching players, everybody had a hand in that loss of not playing uh, our style of football, not playing winning football, not making adjustments, uh, and and playing uh, high level football in all three phases. So I. I I know for sure they're going to look at that game because USC is going to look at that game uh, because that's 
outside of the Florida game, which I don't really count, outside of every other game, we've played at a high level for the most parts of the game. That that wasn't us, and you know they're going to look at that game, dissect that game, how they affected us, Oregon defense against our offense, and what are we going to do about it, right? We're going to see some looks at the, that we saw against Oregon. Are we going to be prepared for it? Are we going to have counters for it? And are we going to have a counter for their counter? Because the second time around, as everyone knows, in the NFL, you play your division opponents twice, and are you going to have adjustments for the adjustment, right? Like, you're not going to just go into the game running the same stuff that you did in the first game, okay? So uh, I know the staff. I, I know how prepared they're going to be. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Honestly, I'm excited for the, the little wrinkles on in all three phases that are going to give us the edge and, and go get back-to-back champs. Well, last year, it's funny you say that you don't run, but but last year Utah was really able to do whatever they wanted to do. They 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 went right back out and kind of used the same game plan against Oregon that they did the first time because they were out. They were more physical, but more than anything else, Anthony Brown was terrible. I mean, he he was exactly. he was not good, and and that isn't the case this time around, Eric. You and I have both watched Caleb Williams play. That guy could probably step on an NFL field next year and be a solid rookie. Uh, When you play a team that's got a quarterback that can move it and play the way he does, that's when you can't stay the same. That's when you have to change it up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Last year's Oregon team wasn't very good, in my opinion, and we showed that. And you're you're talking about an SC team that uh, is playing at a real high level right now. And you got to expect and understand that this may be this is definitely a better version than we played four or five weeks ago. And we pulled that game out, and uh, we played better defensively. We talked about that uh, defensively in the second half. So it's, it's going to be key, man. This is, a, this is probably the Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback that we're playing against for our championship. So we have to be on our P's and Q's. We have to understand what they're like to do. I mean, you look at – I don't I don't watch all their film, obviously, but I got to believe that if you look at what they do offensively, there's got to be only a, maybe a handful, 10 to 12 plays they run. Lincoln Riley's got a little a little note card with plays that he calls from. So, uh, seriously, uh, I know Morgan's in there all night, all day, studying them and going to have a great game plan. But, you know, honestly, it's going to come down to our offense, and are we going to see the cam rising of SC? Are we going to see the Cam Rising uh, that's been a little bit uh, battered and hurt over the last three weeks and missing some throws and reads and not running? Like, we need him to play great for us to win this game. That's the bottom line. I I felt like last week, and and again, I know it was Colorado, and I know it was only one half, but Cam looked a lot more like himself. The way he moved, the way he was fluid, the way he threw the ball – and again, it was Colorado. And by the way, to go back to your other point, I, I went to school at Kansas. I'm a Kansas grad. So I've seen a lot of bad Division I college football teams over the last decade. They resided in Lawrence, Kansas. They were a lot, they're a lot like that Colorado <laughs> team. But with that being said, I kind of felt like last week was a get-right game, and I kind of feel like Cam might be back close to where he was in the SC game the first time around. Well, I mean, it doesn't for the way he played, what was he, 15 of 17? Seven, 17 of 19. Yeah, yeah. So seventeen and nineteen. I don't care who you're going against. To go seventeen and nineteen against a Pop Warner team uh, is is a is a high level, right? So 
you're completing balls, you're anticipating instincts. I mean, outside of the first throw, he was literally 17 to 18, right? The the missed throw he had early in the game. So I was impressed by that. I was impressed that he was running more because Cam has to know what he brings to the table with his legs, extending plays, getting the ball on the perimeter, and especially the QB run game. We saw in the Rose Bowl. We saw it against SC. He is a weapon with his feet. Obviously, he can throw the rock, but when you put that pressure on the defense, it makes it extremely hard, obviously, from what SC does and with Caleb Williams. When he runs around and extends plays and throws dimes and makes big plays, it's tough. So I agree wholeheartedly with you in that assessment of his last week, Cam. I think he's getting healthier at the right time. Uh, But, again, he plays great. Our outside skill guys make some big plays for him. Dalton has to play big, and our defense has to limit SC as best they can. We win this game. Like, we've already done it. they got to be confident going this game, but we have to play great uh, to go win. All right, I'm going to ask you, Eric Weddle, to be a defensive coordinator for just a minute, something right there in your wheelhouse. I want you to be USC's defensive coordinator first. You know that your team's not great. You've got some individuals who are pretty good, but the overall unit's not great. But the last time you played Utah in Salt Lake City – A guy by the name of Dalton Kincaid had 16 targets. He had 16 catches. He had 234 yards and a touchdown. Um, You as Eric Weddle, not Eric Weddle defensive coordinator, but Eric Weddle all-pro safety, have played against many a great tight end, Travis Kelsey and the like. And so you know how to play against tight ends. If you're USC, do you double a guy like Dalton Kincaid? How, How do you try to remove Cam Rising's favorite option? So, to make uh, a long answer and probably a bunch of stuff that people would know, doesn't know anything about, uh, into a short answer. So, basically, any coverage that I'm calling on first and second down, whether it's zone or man, the focus is where is Dalton Kincaid? If he is to the side of roll coverage or not, you rolling coverage to his side. Okay, if he if you're on a quarter side, you are basically matching up the underneath defender and playing him with over the top help. So if it's cover three, the post player is shading that side so the underneath droppers understand that if he goes vertical, that's okay. Let's beat him up. Let's play a, a super aggressive on any outcuts, pivot routes, returns, all those types of things uh, because he was the difference maker. And then on third down, if ever on third down he's not doubled shame on USD and hopefully they're not because they're not as smart as me. But, uh, <laughs> if, if that's the case, uh, great for us, but I would not as a defensive mind guy. And as a, as a, as a football mind in general, you never want to let their best player beat you and not have a plan with them every single down. When we played in the NFL, if whether it was Tyree kill or, Travis Kelsey or Gronkowski big time guys. Yeah. Like you had to have a plan for them every single play because they could ruin the game and lose the game for you on one or two plays. So uh, that would be the focus, whether they can get it done in, in one week and whether their scheme can allow it. I don't know, but hopefully not. And hopefully Dalton and, and our whole offense has a big game. All right. Now you're going to be Morgan Scally or actually Morgan's calling you up and bringing you in. And he wants you in meetings tonight and tomorrow uh, <laughs> for how to deal with Caleb Williams. 
Uh, Utah didn't have a great deal of success with him. They had a little bit, but not a great deal. He had 381 yards, five touchdowns, no turnovers, the whole thing the first time around, but got a little better in the second half. Uh, knowing where the Utah defense is right now and knowing what Caleb Williams is, as you just said, the likely, the probable Heisman Trophy award winner, what's your approach knowing the Utah personnel to Caleb Williams tomorrow? Yeah, so I'm my, my focus is to, to almost force them to run the ball, kind of like uh, the really good defenses like Buffalo and Baltimore and, and some of these top defenses when they go against Kansas City, they're going to play two shell. They're going to give that look and force you to run the ball and try to run the ball. Their running backs are solid, but the running the, the, the offense runs through Williams, extending plays, throwing the ball to the receivers. So I would first start out as a two shell on every look, whether we're rolling to three, rolling to man, rolling to pressures or not. I'm giving the illusion of two shell and playing majority two-shell looks, whether it's quarter, whether it's quarter, quarter, half, whether it's uh, whether it's straight two uh, with a roll, rock and roll with a three coverage uh, to Addison. I think that's his name. Uh, and then when the timing is right and you get to a third and long situation, I would like to see some boundary pressures, and I'd also like to see pressures that attack his right side meaning it would be like blitz the left, meaning defensive left. You have a blitz set up that you're blitzing the right side of him. So you're forcing him to the left side. When he's running left, he's he's not as dynamic throwing the ball downfield. He likes to run more when he's moving left. When he extends right is when the big plays come. And we're better defensively than it was the first time. Uh, and so that's where I would start knowing that if they run the ball for 250 yards, 300 yards, that may be okay and we win the game easily. But if they throw for 400, I don't know if that's the recipe to win. Do you, do you, even if they're going to throw the ball, you say make them run, and they'll run a little bit. They'll run more than the old USC teams did. But you can't allow those big old chunker plays, can you? Those 30, 40, 50-yard plays, don't you have to, even if they are going to throw the ball, don't you have to make them earn it down the field? Well, the, yeah, the, and that's why you, you give that two-shell look. Like, I know it goes against everything that we are defensively. We're a press man, aggressive, eight man in the box, stop the run. But you have to change your approach against this type of offense. This isn't a normal uh, style offense that you're going against where you, you need to stop the run. Like, it's almost three, four-yard runs, and you rally to that, and you keep everything in front of you, and they dink and dunk and dink and dunk. Eventually, he's going to force the ball down the field. And as a defensive, you keep that – shell if you keep that everything in front of you eventually you're going to make a play and and it's okay they can they can eat up all those yards and time they get in the red zone and you hold strong in the red zone and not and limit them to field goals or turnovers you'll win the game you just can't get too happy with a blitz you can't get too happy with getting down there and press man uh in certain situations like a perfect example in the Oregon game you know we're talking fourth quarter they haven't done anything and we're press man inside leverage and give an easy throw to a great quarterback up the sideline for a 50-yard gain late in the game. Like that just shouldn't should never happen uh, when you're in those types of situations. Like it's just too easy of a throw and too easy of a read for a quarterback, especially a talented quarterback. Eric Weddle's with us for a couple more minutes. Defensive coordinator, head football coach at what is it again? Which what's the high school again? Rancho Bernardo High School, baby. Go Rancho, what's the mascot? 
Broncos. The Broncos. Oh, that stinks. That's just that's that's unfor- that's unfortunate. They, but uh, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe when you win a few games, maybe a state championship, you can petition to get that name changed to something besides that. <laughs> anyway, head football coach at Rancho Bernardo High School, and of course, uh, our resident defensive coordinator here on uh, on the Bill Riley Show. So I I don't see if the game is played relatively clean. I think it's a close kind of one possession game. Neither one, you know, USC really doesn't turn it over much. They force some turnovers. Uh, Utah, when they're on their game, really, unless Cam's forcing it, doesn't turn it over a bunch either. So I, I kind of see this as a maybe not quite as high a scoring game as the last time, Dub, because I think Utah's defense playing a little bit better. But I, I definitely see this as kind of a one-score game. What about you? I agree. Uh, it's definitely going to come down to the wire. And a lot like that last game, maybe who has the ball last, who turns it over late in the game. Uh, who maybe makes a big play in the special teams? I mean, I would, I would, I would almost guarantee that we have a fake up, that we have a big return up, trying to get Vele uh, a punt return, even though they may only punt once or twice. Uh, you know, those types of things sway the momentum and sway the field position for your team in big games like this. So, I think it's going to be scoring. I don't think it'll be in the 40s. Potentially, it could be the way the flow of the game goes. Uh, but definitely it's going to come down maybe who has the ball less or who who creates that turnover to to win the game for their for their team. Does special teams, especially for Utah, concern you at all, or has it bothered you at all this year? Uh, gosh, it's been frustrating a little bit. Obviously, in that Oregon game, it creeped up. Uh, obviously, there's a couple decisions. You kick the field goal, do you go for it? Uh, I'm always a proponent on the road. You never not take the points when it's, when it's there for you, obviously you're talking 45, 50 yard field goals. That's a different story, but anything relatively uh, that you feel confident with, uh, I'm taking those points, and uh, you, you just you just gotta you gotta stand true to who you are and and what your philosophy is. I know Coach Witt has uh, leaned more towards towards going for it, but you have to understand the flow of the game. Is your quarterback? Is your offense playing at a high level? like it was in SC, or are they struggling like they were against Oregon? Maybe your decision changes in that moment. So I trust Coach Witt. I trust those guys. And, and uh, you know, maybe we're winning with a field goal from 40 yards out. And and if that's the case, I'm, I'm confident the guys can get it done because he showed he can make those field goals. He's shown that he hasn't made those field goals. But, hey, that's life. You get up there and line it up there and kick it again. All right. I need the prediction. Winner score and who gets the game ball tomorrow? Put me on the line. Put me on the spot. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to say for the old for the old uh, historians, I'm going to say 34-31 Utes. <laughs> uh, that may ring a bell for some. And I think it's going to come down to the end. And, and we're going to make the plays. We're the defending champs. We're, we're the top dogs, and in the back of their minds, SC, no matter how great the game's going, that they know deep down that we came back and beat them already. And that's going to creep in their minds, and they're going to force it late in the game. And I see a defensive stop, whether it's a pick, sack, uh, to win the game uh, for us uh, tomorrow night, which I'll be in attendance screaming my 
You're what? Oh, excuse did you, get, did you guys hear me? <laughs> did, 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 did we beep you out there? What, what, what are you screaming? No, 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 I'm screaming my head off, baby. Okay, That's good. What I was okay. saying. I got cut okay. out. My bad. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Who's getting the game ball tomorrow night? You just said a late pick or a sack. Are you giving it to the defense or somebody in offense getting the game ball? I'm going to say Clark Phillips' game ball for limiting uh, their top receiver and making big plays like he's done all season and he comes up big late in the fourth quarter. Fair enough. There he is. He'll be in Vegas later tonight, and he's pulling an all-nighter. How very Vegas of Eric Weddle. He'll be there rooting on the Utes at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. I'll see you there, Dub. Let's do it, baby! Love you, Ralph. Love you, too. That's Eric Weddle with us here on the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number one sports talk. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.